Shannon Kazin's Homemade Stories is proud to be supported by the Friends of Homemade Stories. Thank you to everyone who listens, enjoys, and supports the stories. I'm going to call you out if you supported since the previous episode. Terry in Virginia, appreciate you. Uh, Rebecca P. in Missouri. Tamika, my old college girlfriend, my lifelong friend, always appreciated. See, I... I have my old flame still listen to my show. And I know it's a lot more of you out there. Support the show. Mary B. in Colorado. Hope you enjoy all those mugs. Celeste P. in Chicago. B. Black in San Bernardino. Thanks for the beats too. Kimberly, my cousin Kimberly. I love you. Uh, Robin W. Phyllis B. in the Bronx. Phyllis, one of the best storytellers ever. Thank you, Phyllis. Vinny. Thank you for the cash app and all the emails and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Become a friend of Homemade Stories at ShannonCason.com. You'll see all the stuff that I'm working on, ShannonCason.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, make sure you tell a friend about the podcast and then give a rating on Apple Podcasts. All right. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Homemade Stories number 117. I'm Shannon Kaysen. I've been in a movement motion. My family moved into a new home in 2020. Big, beautiful home in Detroit. Old home with a lot of personality. Shit, we live here, so. Uh, We work to make it as comfortable as can be. It's always filled with kids, food, and love, so the family is secure. Also, movement in my amicable breakup with Cindy. Why does everyone use the word amicable? I have to find another word. That one kind of cliche. Amicable is the word you use when you're saying, like, everything is nice, but I don't want to start feeling myself and go overboard in case shit changes. So it's amicable. I won't say it's easy because we still love and we care for each other. And I know we always will. Amicably. Um, <laughs> we just needed this and more on that when it's the right time um, I moved back to Chicago recently I found this shitty decent spot on the north side anywhere I move becomes decent because I know how to spruce shitty things up I'm right by the water which is my main objective in moving to Chicago besides it being close to home to get back to Detroit uh, water inspires me Just look out at the water and ideas just seem to flow for me. And I'm in that type of moment right now, like a moment of flow. And this story is about doing something I've never really done before. Finding my own place. I haven't done that in 25 years or so. The story is also about my creative process because if I can see it, I can do it. All I have to do is be able to sit down, look out over some water, and see it on the inside and whatever it is, I can have it. Now I just have to expand my vision beyond shitty decent stuff and I'm good. All right, here's my story. I'm looking for apartments online. Zillow, Hotpads, Zumper, Apartments.com, Rent.com, and Craigslist. I noticed there's a lot of scams on Craigslist. I get an email from a 57-year-old professional. 
He tells me his age and a lot more unsolicited information about how he had to move to Texas immediately for a job opportunity. He needs to lease out his thousand square foot Wicker Park loft with brick walls and high ceilings and tall windows at a huge discount to quickly cover his new Texas home. I get a text that says I can send a deposit immediately through Zelle to secure this great deal. Now he's calling me. I answer. He sounds African. I hang up. Shame on me. What if it was all true? I'm new at this. I haven't searched for an apartment since college. 1550 Woodbrook, apartment 215 in Okemos, Michigan. And I had two roommates then. Since, the women in my life have always taken care of the moving arrangements. I'm good at confirming what they tell me is happening. Wow, that sounds great. And then moving all the tubs. Finding a place from scratch. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I drive to Chicago to look at apartments. I book two hostels, one downtown and one on the north side. I walk into my 10-bed dorm room at the J. Ira and Nikki Harris Family Hostel downtown. I nod at some guys speaking another language who are already in the room. I make my bed, fitted sheet, flat sheet, pillow and pillowcase, no blanket. Feels real prisonish spending less. I lock my book bag in my locker and leave. Chicago is a second home to me. I walk down Michigan Avenue to the first apartment showing in the South Loop. It's a loft. I owned the loft on Michigan Ave once, before my first divorce, and until the bank showed me who actually owned it. I like lofts. Lofts feel masculine. I'm leaving a fake loft in a fake loft building. A real loft should have always been another building in a previous life. A school, an office building, a print press warehouse, a church. Not a newly fabricated building with fake brick walls and vinyl floors that imitate wood. Not my style. Either it's real or I don't want it. The next place I visit is better. The agent pulls up in a Tesla. He's talking fast like a guy driving a Tesla. Hey man, it's on the 17th floor in the loop. The price isn't too high for the prime location. It's a little off the path in Plymouth Court, but the path is like just right there. I mean, like right there, that's the path. The view is great too. I can see a little sliver of water between the other tall buildings. The rooms are large, okay. I could have a king bed if I wanted. Right now I just have a queen from Ikea, but okay. I could set up my podcast equipment here. Okay. In the living area still has all the space I need. Okay. Kind of feels like home. Me and the agent take the elevator down to the workout room and swimming pool. How's your credit? It's good. Is it? I nod. What's your work? I sell them that I'm moving back in town for work with WBZ Chicago. I even text him a link to my previous podcast, The Trouble with Shannon Kaysen. See my name right there in the title of the show. It's right there. <laughs> 
I'm coming back to do more work with WBZ Chicago. It's going to be big, like really big. The whole station is behind it. It's going to be huge. Broadcast on 500 NPR stations across the country. It's BS, but it's not a total lie. I did host a pilot show for PRX recently, but I haven't heard back from them since we recorded it. So it's a lie, but it's not a total lie. If my landlord is listening, I'm going to have your rent. I think. I think I'm going to have it. Become a friend of Homemade Stories at ShannonCasin.com. My cash app is dollar sign Shannon Casin. The Tesla guy texts me back an application. I search for apartments online at Starbucks. I want to see an actual loft in Printer's Row, but I can't get through to any agents. And then there's this spot on Van Buren that looks cool, feels like me, but the agent tells me it isn't available to show the days I'm in town. I walk up and down the blocks of downtown Chicago. It starts to rain. I wait under an awning at a closed business. I mean closed for business. The streets are lined with businesses that are no longer in business anymore. Kind of feels like home. I lay in my bottom bunk in the 10 bed dorm room. The man across the way farts with an accent. About an hour later, I let one loose too. A loud and smelly one too. What? I mean, he started it. The next hostel is on the north side in Wrigleyville. It's called the Wrigleyville Hostel. If you know Wrigleyville, you can imagine. And there's a Cubs game today. I don't know why I do this to myself. I walk into the 10 bed dorm room and say hi to a young lady in a short tight black dress sitting on the bottom bunk labeled bed A. She says hi with an accent. The key card I have has my bed location on it, bed B, the top bunk. I ask her if she wants to swap beds because look at me, I'm too big. She says that she has all her stuff set up on the bottom bunk, but maybe I go to the front desk and they can get me a different bed. Doesn't matter to me, I was thinking about her. I lock up the book bag and leave. I find a Starbucks to set up appointments. Zillow has become my favorite site for apartments. I stick with it for simplicity. I find a place I want to visit. I request to set an appointment with the agent. I leave my phone number in the Zillow message system. I get a call from the agent. And as soon as we start talking, he hangs up the phone. I call back, no answer. I text to ask if we had a bad connection. No answer. I reach out again through the app. No response. Did he just ghost me based on my voice? I almost get mad till I remember. Touche. Whatever touche means. I'm going to Google and see what touche means. I find more places. Someone texts me back and says, I'd be happy to show the apartment today, Shannon. 
I love having the name Shannon. I never have to worry about prejudices because of my name. I'm Shannon. I wrote back, sure, I'd be glad to meet with you in an hour with double exclamation points and a yellow heart emoji without leaving my number this time. What do yellow hearts mean? I have to look that up too. I meet with Greg to see the place and I see the disappointment on Greg's face when he says, are you Shannon? Yeah, motherfucker. Can't scream me out this time. I'm here. <laughs> the difference between searching for apartments on the north side compared to downtown. Downtown is all about the algorithm. Got a good job, got good credit, make four times the rent or whatever. You're in. The north side is about relationships. It's more emotional. I'm not seeing agents. I'm meeting with the owners. I have this strategy, though. I wear my corniest clothes on purpose. I'm Carlton or even Will Smith nowadays. I wear a summer cardigan. You didn't even know they made those, did you, James, in Houston? You may know because you're a realtor. J. Crew sells them black men. I left my snapback cap in the car and I wore one of my goofier flat caps. And I always hold a Starbucks cup. I've made special trips to Starbucks and just poured out the coffee if I didn't want it. Just to hold a Starbucks cup as I walk through the apartments. Now all I have to do is mention the NPR shit naturally and I'm in there. Now this is cold switching with a purpose. Greg shows me a large apartment in Andersonville. The place has recently been renovated and it's nice. Wood, silver, windows that work. You know the place. You've seen it on HGTV. The only thing about this place is it's about the same price as the high rise with the doorman and the workout room and the swimming pool. But it's not too far from the beach though. Leaving, Greg says, I'm glad you like it. And Greg whispers some unsolicited information. Now I have to tell you that the whole building is gay. I think to myself, I don't think you had to tell me that information. I don't think that that's part of the Chicago landlord disclosure ordinances. I haven't read it, but my assumption is that that's not in there. I'm not gay, but I tell Greg, wow, that sounds great. And I leave. Back to Starbucks to book another appointment. This time I go simple, lower costs, as low a cost as I can go and still feel comfortable coming home at midnight, as long as it's close to the water. The thing I miss most about Chicago is riding my bike by the water. I find this place at the right price. I make an appointment to see a garden apartment. Garden apartments go with divorce as much as sports cars, just different ends of the financial spectrum. Louise shows me a garden apartment in Edgewater. I go down this little set of stairs to a door, go in and go down another little set of stairs to a living room, bedroom, and small kitchen. It's a pretty decent sized apartment. I can see the layout with my stuff, even a small extra room for my podcast equipment. The only thing it has these ugly ceiling radiators in each room. Louise gives me a paper application. 
this is the first paper application I've seen. And he tells me I can fax it back to him. Fax? Where they got those at? I'll scan it and email it back to him. Now I have to decide. High rise downtown in the loop or garden apartment by the lake. I walk into the Wrigleyville hostel at the end of the day. It's awkward to climb up on the top bunk to bed B being 6'3", over 240 pounds, but I finally do it. I lay on the pillow, close my eyes, and visualize the options. High-rise apartment, mornings. My first cup of coffee is looking out over the city. I can see people starting their day in the other apartment buildings and a bit of the water. I head downstairs for a slight workout, hardly a sweat, and then I step out on the street to walk for cardio. The hustle and bustle of the big city morning. I just walk around a long city block and back upstairs to write and work. Garden apartment, mornings. I open all the windows to get a breath of fresh air while the coffee's brewing. I don't like to leave them open at night because of all the rats in Chicago. I don't want any visitors. Three sets of 10 pull-ups on the overhead radiator. The pipe work is old, but it's sturdy. It ain't gonna break. I step out to walk to the beach and stare out over the lake until the water becomes the sky. High-rise apartment, evenings. I'm enjoying the company of Mika in the living room, listening to SZA or Kalani or her. I don't know, they all sound the same to me. I get a call from Tiffany. She's downtown and too drunk to drive back to Cherville, Indiana and ask if she can come through. Tiffany walks in and sees Mika sitting on the chase. I plop down in the chair I always sit in. And Tiffany says, you didn't say you had company. You didn't ask. Mika motions Tiffany over to the chase and says, Shannon, she's cute. Tiffany and Mika admire each other on the chase, me in my chair. Tiffany pushes away the hair from the side of Mika's face and they start to kiss. I sit, I watch. I listen to Bryson Tiller or Black or Lucky Day. I don't know which one until Mika asks if I'll join. I tell him to lean against the window, and I take turns on each of them. As I stare at the sliver of water between the tall buildings and the voyeurs. From the bed, I hear them giggling, making breakfast together in the morning, like lifelong girlfriends. Garden apartment. Evenings. We met at a neighborhood bar not far from the beach. She drinks Negronis. It's the fourth one and I say, I have all the ingredients for those at my spot, like right down the street. We walk holding each other and stop to feel the midnight breeze from the lake and we kiss. We enter the gate to my apartment building. I hold the door. She starts to walk up and I say, no, not that way, this way, down here. She walks back down the two stairs. 
She walks back down the two stairs where she was headed up and down the stairs to my apartment. There's a moldy smell from the ceiling radiators that I try to cover up with a diffuser, but I forgot to leave the windows open to let it air out. I didn't want any visitors. She says, this is your place? Her voice sounds sober. We never kiss again, and she orders an Uber within the first 30 minutes. I sit on the couch and I jack off watching Baywatch reruns. I laugh because I didn't have the ingredients for Negroni anyway. High-rise apartment, family and friends. Being downtown, whenever people visit Chicago, I'm one of the first calls. What's the best place to go for breakfast, Shannon? Shannon, you want to meet up for dinner at some expensive steakhouse on the weekend? Can I crash at your place for a couple of days while I'm in town, Shannon? When my daughter Zoe visits, we enjoy the swimming pool and the view from the living room, but she wants to go in the city, not just look at it, and go to this event and eat at this restaurant, and then her cousin Riley, who lives in town, visits, and then it's everything times two. And they have just agreed on going shopping. I don't know if I agreed on that, though. Did I, did I say I agree? Garden apartment, family and friends. I live just far enough away from downtown that I can say, you know, I don't really even go downtown that much. You can visit me here. It's about a 30 minute train ride or so. <sighs> Once I park, I just like to leave my car where it is so I don't have to find parking again. And the parking downtown is crazy. And I never end up seeing them. I know people hearing this like, damn, Shannon, you don't want to see me when I come to town? Nah, not, not really. Unless you're cute. And when Zoe visits, we roam the neighborhood and go to the beach. Most of our time is spent at the beach and riding bikes by the lake. Her cousin comes and I play the brooding bodyguard dad at the beach. And I cook because it's mostly only loud bars to go to, so I just cook. Actually, we cook together. As I lay visualizing the best living option for my life right now, I hear the dorm room door open. The girl in the black dress I share the bunk with arrives. I hear her lay in bed A. I hear her soon get up. My eyes are closed, just listening. She taps me on the shoulder. I open my eyes. Her accent is a little slurred, but she has the wherewithal to ask if I want to swap beds now because she doesn't feel comfortable laying under me with the bed dipping so much. I look into her eyes. Decisions. Thank you for listening. I'm always appreciative that anyone would want to listen to my stories. Thank you. This episode was produced very simply by me. Follow me on Instagram. I'm at Shannon Kaysen. There's many more stories on Instagram. And I'm learning to make reels. I'm getting pretty good, too. My next event coming up is First Times at Martyrs in Chicago for Chirp Radio. And I'm doing a keynote 
at McGill University in Montreal for the PSE Web Conference. More on that at shannoncason.com. And if you're interested in my brutally honest storytelling keynotes or workshops, visit shannoncason.com and get in touch with me to find out more. I love to come to your business or your school and talk about storytelling. So I'm excited about what's all to come. More soon. Peace. Now that's homemade.